0: So, welcome to another Becoming One Church cast. This episode is called The Problem of Evil, and in it, I'll give the Becoming One Church's take on the problem of evil, and we like to say that we solve it, (laughs) but I'll let you be the judge of that, and this argument is based off of scripture, and also a couple of books that. Are also based on scripture and I'll let you know what those are in a little bit in case you want to do a deeper dive. So the problem of evil, what is that? Well it's the idea of how can you reconcile the existence of evil with an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnibenevolent God. So an all-powerful, all-knowing, perfectly good God. How can such a God with all three of those qualities exist when there's also evil? And since there is evil, therefore God can't have all three of those qualities. So that's a really basic summary of the problem of evil. And of course, people have been grappling with this for a very long time now. And today I'll give you the Becoming One Church's take on it and I'll start out kind of with my take on how I feel the problem of evil affects people spiritually and affects people's faith and then we'll talk about the Becoming One Church's take on what seem to be contradictions about the nature of God and how this is really about paradox. It kind of helps to think of a Rubik's Cube. Uh, You know what a Rubik's Cube is, right? It's It's a cube that you hold in your hands and it's a puzzle and there's little colored squares on the side and the way you solve the puzzle is you get each side to be a different solid color and they're all mixed up all over the place in the beginning. And if you've ever tried to solve a Rubik's Cube, you were probably like me, and you probably walked away in frustration many times, thinking this is impossible, this cannot be solved. But it can be solved, you just have to turn it the right way, and just keep turning it and turning it, and eventually, if you do it the right way, everything just kind of falls into place and then beyond the seeming contradictions in the nature of god there's the name of god and how that's been translated translated and the law of knowledge and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden of paradise in eden and then god's plan for creation based off of the scripture And scripture talks about all things going out of God and all things going back into God. And so we'll get into that today. And that's going to give us a really new way to look at the problem of evil and at God's goodness. And the two books that I mentioned, the first book is God. God is the Becoming One, and it used to be called the God Papers, Um, and now it's God, and the subtitle is God is the Becoming One, and the other book is The New Mind in Christianity. Subtitle is Love is the New Mind. The New Law is Love. And those two books are by Walter Dolan and he is the church pastor president he's also he's also my dad and just to give you a little bit of background on him um, this all started around I guess approximately five decades ago now when he just decided to take a. Uh, Leave of absence from work for a year to study the Bible because he wanted to figure out what the truth was. He wanted to go on a search for the truth. So he took a whole year off his job and he just started studying the Bible. And he never really stopped studying it. And not only did he study the Bible, I mean, he studied different translations and versions of the Bible. But he also studied other religions. He studied secular materials. He studied science, like physics and math. And he just read really widely. And I honestly would not be surprised if he has 20,000 books at home. If you walk in, it's like his own personal library. So he's done a lot of research. He also has studied Greek and Hebrew, and he has his own translation of the Bible. So These two books he wrote are based on scripture and on the principles of studying the scripture and looking at the duality of the Bible, which means looking at the higher meaning of verses especially, uh, so to especially look at the higher meaning. And also, the principle of taking each uh, verse about one subject and comparing it to every other verse about a subject. So, that is what this is based off of. And if you go to the church website, becomingone.org, as of this recording, there's some of the chapters of those two books available free online to read in the books and papers section. I can't guarantee it will always be like that, but what is this, April 2019? Right now you can read um, whole chapters online, and there actually used to be even more chapters up, but right now there are a few chapters that you can read. I cannot guarantee that it will always be like that or it won't change, but I don't anticipate it changing anytime soon, so if you want to do a deeper dive, feel free so now the problem of evil so what does this do this problem of evil hanging out there this question looming over us that causes people to question whether god can be good or even exist at all because if god was good wouldn't God want to stop evil before it happened and prevent all evil? And if God is all-powerful and all-knowing, then God should be able to do that, right? Then that must mean God is not good. Or God is not all-powerful. And this can really affect people spiritually and it can affect their faith because they look around and they see all the injustices and all the wrong and ask why and can just outright discard faith in God or they can outright discard the idea that, that God is good or God is logical or that there is any purpose or order at all to life. This is the effect that the problem of evil has on people spiritually, and it has on their faith, and there is evil in the world isn't there, and it's difficult to understand or explain away Besides the things that humans do to each other, there are natural disasters, there are illnesses Children become ill, children are harmed. How do we explain truly horrible things that happen in the world and reconcile that with the idea of an all-powerful and all-loving and all-knowing God and the problem of evil can have a serious effect on people's faith and for good reason it's right to ask these questions so yes we should be asking these questions we should be asking how a good all-powerful all-knowing God could allow things like kids with cancer I mean, you've seen the the feature stories of children struggling and dealing with cancer, dying of cancer, maybe even your own child or the child of somebody close to you had cancer or some other horrible illness. And then there's, there's war zones. It seems that war is always with humanity. Back almost every generation for centuries and millennia, war is always with us. Probably every generation back for thousands of years has known war somewhere on the planet and in war as we all know, there's horrible abuses that take place, violence we call now war crimes, there's there's bombs that fall and there's there's a refugee crisis is caused by wars, there are so many horrors that are visited on humanity in war zones, and then there's natural disasters, there's hurricanes, tsunamis, killing massive amounts of people, there are earthquakes, tornadoes, floods, we couldn't God just skip The natural disasters. And then uh, we talked about cancer, but then there's horrible genetic conditions that can befall humans. And I mean, we've all heard about people with just rare, awful conditions. Can we just skip that if God is good? And I mean, there is some pretty inventive, awful things that can afflict the human body and the human mind and mental illness and all kinds of different ways that we can suffer like that our body and our mind it seems that almost Everything that can go well in life can also go horribly horribly wrong it seems that every type of good thing somewhere has somewhere else been harmed by evil at one time or another? I mean, most of us have seen some pretty horrible things in this life, but why? I mean, the things that I mentioned are just a sampling, obviously, of the horrible things in this world. I mean, we didn't even get to things like child abuse, murder people taking advantage of each other and all the various ways that humans can inventively take advantage of each other um, emotionally, mentally, and the violence that we can do to each other physically and don't these things like rare genetic conditions and natural disasters like tsunamis and hurricanes at the very least point to a severe disorder in the world and if there's disorder is there even is there even a God? Is there a weak God? Or is God somehow doing these cruel things, these evil things? And then how can God be love? And further, if humans are doing these awful things to each other, God created us. If God created us, why do we even have the capacity for evil? God created the rules to the game and God is all-powerful, why didn't God just create us without the capacity for evil? Why do we even have the capacity to harm one another? If God set up the rules to the game, why couldn't God just skip that part and make us perfect beings? Why do we have the capacity to harm ourselves and others, and why do we all seem to do this one way? or another, at some time, some way, somehow, we have all harmed someone, probably lots of people, why is there evil and disorder and chaos? But is there chaos? Or is this disorder all really a part of an ordered plan by a good god? Surely if God was good the capacity for evil wouldn't exist right the disorder wouldn't exist and what about what about the the floods of The flood of Noah, you ask, or God bringing evil on Job, or causing droughts, or floods, destroying nations, making the leaders of the world go mad. This is all straight out of the Bible. Sending curses and confusion, killing the firstborn of Egypt. Why would God do so many things contrary to the law of love, if God is good? This is what causes so many people to discard the Bible. and. The idea or concept of a god in any religion. I mean, and even those who still hold the idea or concept of a god true, which is many, 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 probably most of humanity still believes in god, this is definitely something that people of faith struggle with everybody struggles with this right like why would God do things like that Wh- what is going on if God is good what on earth is going on with the world today I mean is it is it humans fault is is that I don't know that could the concept of the first sin did that just bring All of this upon us is this man's sinful nature and God is rightly punishing us? Or is there something else going on? Well, the Becoming One Church has the idea that something else is going on and there's a way to reconcile the all-powerful good nature of God with the chaos and confusion that is all around us In the world today and has always been and it all starts with the name of god and the nature of god in jeremiah chapter 44 verse 26 we hear god say behold i have sworn by my great name says jehovah that my name shall no more be named in the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt. It was prophesied that God's name would be forgotten. Today, God's name, as revealed to Moses, was often tra- is often translated as I am. And this creates the idea of a God who is changeless, who doesn't change, who is a constant. And this is actually a part of an a ancient Greek philosophy, uh, the idea of a God that doesn't change. The idea of a God who doesn't change, a God who's immutable, comes from Greek philosophers like Plato and Aristotle. Which brings us back to God's name as revealed to Moses. This is usually translated today as I am, but the I am translation is not only a wrong translation from the Hebrew text, but it was also influenced by a mistaken Greek translation that was made in Egypt. This much-used Greek translation of the Old Testament is called the Septuagint and I, I might be pronouncing that wrong but, um, or the, the Seventy because it was translated by about 70 translators and it was translated in Egypt probably around the 3rd century B.C. for a king of Egypt And in that Greek translation, instead of the Hebrew, which actually says, I will be, that I will be, the Greek translation there has, I am the being, or the being has sent me to you. And the being was Egypt's God. Prayers to Osiris in Egypt were addressed to the being, But if we go back to Exodus 3 and correctly translate the name of God, we get something entirely different. So in Exodus we read, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I am come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? when God answered the question, I will be that I will be. This has also been translated, I will be who I will be, or you can look at the repetition as being an emphasis on the name. I will be, that is, I will be. And you can also translate this as, he who will be, or the becoming one, which is where the Becoming One Church gets its name, the Becoming One Church, you can also translate it those ways to be more grammatically correct because it's kind of awkward to say that God's name is I will be in English. And the Becoming One Church isn't the only one that has a Bible translation that translates God's name as I will be. There are other translations Do that. So, if you're not familiar with this translation of God's name, I suggest you maybe look into it further, either on the Becoming One Church website or look for other translations that might also translate His God's name that way. So now, if God's name, as revealed to Moses in the Old Testament, is actually "I will be," "He who will be," the Becoming One, this has great implications for the nature of God. This vastly changes the way that you might look at the nature of God. So, God is no longer I am, some static being. God is the becoming one. God is becoming one. God is going through a transformation. God is becoming something. Over time, God changes. God is not static. God is he who will be. The true God is the becoming one. The true God is a unity and a wholeness. And the true God is transforming. So you see how this can have a great effect on the problem of evil. If the true God is yet to be whole and complete and is going through a transformative transformative creative process then you can see how this might kind of shed some new light on the problem of evil and that brings us to the Garden of Eden the Garden of Paradise in Eden why is it called a garden maybe God was growing something besides beautiful trees and flowers maybe God was growing the seeds to paradise In that garden were two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil from which Adam and Eve ate, and the tree of life. And the tree of life was taken away and guarded. And Adam and Eve were driven out of paradise. And that brings us to the law of knowledge. The law of knowledge is basically knowledge of A, is dependent upon knowledge of non-A. And this is especially important in knowledge of things that have opposite qualities, like light and darkness. You must know both qualities to know either. You have to compare them with each other to know either one. Think about sound and silence, hot and cold, life and death, right and left, up and down, and good and evil. Isaiah forty five, seven, God says, I form the light and create darkness, I make peace and create evil. I the Lord do all these things. So here you have God saying in the Bible that God creates evil. You have a garden Where humankind starts out, where there is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and a tree of life, and they take from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but the tree of life is taken away from them, and they're kicked out of paradise. What is going on here? The Becoming One Church likes to look at the reason why. Why is this all happening? Some of you might feel that you're not really sure about the reason why but you know that the most important thing in life or you've been taught is to be good so that you when the the wheat is is weeded out from the chaff that you're included in in heaven and paradise and the cursed are going to depart to hell forever is that's what you've been taught but When we look at God saying that God creates evil, and we look at the Garden of Eden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we look at the law of the knowledge of good and evil, that tells us something. If God is going to create paradise, and opposite qualities need each other to exist, and the law of knowledge says you have to know one to know the other, then God would have to create evil for us to understand paradise. If we were created in paradise, would we even be capable of being happy? If we had never known sad, could we know happy? If we had never known death, could we know life? If we had never known evil, could we know good? We have to have a functional understanding of evil in order to be godlike beings in paradise. So the reason why God had to create evil is because God is A holy good being and we need this knowledge of evil this time of sacrifice to be truly born again so God is still creating the world this is part of the creation of the world this is the part where we're in the womb so to speak of life we are learning about evil so that we can be born again as immortal beings who have gone through this time of sacrifice and have learned the lessons that we need to learn to understand good and understand paradise. This brings us back to the idea in the Bible of all of us dying through Adam and all of us being saved through Jesus. The great cycle is the cycle of all coming out of the intelligent, pre-creation power the Father at the beginning of the creation, and the returning of all through Jesus Christ's spiritual body to this great power by the end of creation, and the creation is still going on. It's a spiritual creation right now. We are learning to become whole spiritual beings with the knowledge of good and evil. If you look at verses like 1 Corinthians 8-6, Romans 11 2 Corinthians five eighteen, you see the idea of all things returning to the great God, the Father, through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians five eighteen. now all things out of the God who is reconciled as to himself through Jesus Christ. It is through Christ that all will come back into the Father so that the God will be all in all. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 24-28. through 28. Then the end will come, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. See, the Becoming One Church kind of sees this brilliant plan in creation, where this is a spiritual creation, and God set things in motion. Before the creation, he predestinated certain things to happen, he created evil, and he set this all in motion before the creation of matter, before the creation of law, so he, he set in motion um, all of these things before law even existed, you could say. So God's name is the Becoming One, and this is a spiritual creation so that we can learn good from evil. It's a time of sacrifice, and then in paradise, we'll all understand the difference between good and evil, and we'll be fully born again through Jesus. God is the Becoming One, well, what does that mean? He split himself up. We see in the Bible the left and right side of God referred to. In Genesis 1 26, God refers to God's self as plural. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So that's God saying that He has created humans in God's image and refers to God as plural. The left side of God went out of God at the beginning of the creation, and that's why this side of God can do things that are contrary to the law of love. Obviously, there's some great power in charge, so how how can God allow evil? How can God let uh, human's nature even allow for evil? Well, God's left side went out of God. God is He who will be, God is the becoming one, the true God is the the complete merged God when, when evil is put under the dominion of good at the end of the spiritual creation. Time becomes of the essence in, in understanding the nature of God. Everything went out of God and everything will go back in. Everything that is evil or wrong now has, has gone out of God in this great cycle and eventually everyone will be reconciled back to the true God the spiritual creation will be complete right now we're on the potter's wheel we're not done so how do we say how do we complain about how we have been created when we're still on the potter's wheel we're not done we're in the womb of creation and when we're fully baked we're fully whole, we will be like Jesus, like God, we will all be one, we'll all be all in all, the creation will be harmonious and wholly good, fully good. The Becoming One Church believes in the duality of the Bible, look to the higher meaning of a verse for the highest spiritual truth, God's ways are higher than man's ways, and also read each verse uh, about a subject together to get the fullest understanding because the Bible interprets itself. Paul in Hebrews talks about things in the Old Testament like the temple being a shadow of the good things to come. And also the festivals and the rituals in the Old Testament um, have higher truths than foreshadow good things to come. Um, for The Bible talks about for God, one day is as a thousand years, so um, then if you look at some of the rituals in the Old Testament where you have a cycle of six things and then you have a seventh day of rest, this could also, um, this also indicates that you have a six thousand year days and then you have a thousand year Sabbath day of rest. And if you remember, Revelation 27 also talks about uh, Satan being bound for a thousand years. And um, the last podcast was about angels and an introduction to duality in the Bible, about how scripture indicates um, that two-thirds of the angels are good, and a third of them have um, rebelled against God and they're bad. So long story short, the Becoming One Church uses the higher meaning we see in uh, the Old Testament festivals and rituals and the way that the temple is constructed and that symbolism in the same way that Christians today look back at some of the Old Testament and see Jesus foretold, we see from these festivals and these rituals the plan of creation foretold and it's truly beautiful. It's a great plan of reconciliation where all go out of God and all go back into God in order that we could learn what we need to know to be fully, complete, good spiritual beings. In that same way, God separates himself out, part of himself out, and the true God, the right side of God, uh, Jesus the bright side of God, the Spirit, on the right side of God, the Holy Spirit, does no evil even in this time of the spiritual creation. I remember Isaiah says that God created evil, so you have the factor of time and God putting himself off and then coming back together and everything being reconciled to God, everything being put under the footstool of God, you know, these 6,000 years of spiritual creation and then a sabbath, and during the sabbath, um, people born during the sabbath, there, there's no influence of evil Satan is bound for a thousand years according to revelation and during this time we have this this paradise on earth and also there's three orders of salvation mentioned in the Bible um, like a, a, a like a, a loaf of bread being baked in uh, Matthew verse 13 I'm sorry Matthew chapter 13 verse 30. Three, we see that the the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leaven. So we talk about Jesus being the firstborn and then the Christians, and the Christians would rule as a priesthood in the thousand years. And then you have everyone else, which um, is obviously, it's very controversial uh, idea Nowadays that everyone could press into the kingdom of God even though the Bible literally says everyone Presses into the kingdom of God in Luke 1616 the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John Since that time the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone presses their way into it Everyone into the kingdom of God all things out of God and all things back into God so after this thousand um your period where there's there's no evil on earth and Satan is bound up, Satan can't come and influence people, Satan is let loose, but we we, we evil doesn't come back. Uh, evil has been has been put away, sent evil has been sent away. And what happens is um we in becoming one church thing Satan comes back and sees sees the um The wonderful peace that occurs and how much better everyone has it without his ways of lawlessness and and sin and evil and harm and himself repents and God is powerful enough to command and get even the repentance of Satan and all goes back into God and then you have God whole and complete all in all and all the creation under God and the spiritual creation is complete the Potter is done with his work on the wheel and he has a beautiful piece of artwork that has been created and we're all like Jesus we've all been saved through Jesus as everyone went out of God everyone has gone back into God in a great reconciliation that all things may be under God, like a great covenant, a great promise foretold in the, the Old Testament and and the cycle is finally complete. So how does this solve the problem of evil? Well, um, God was wise enough to know that you can't have good without evil. There needs to be a time of sacrifice, a time of evil. The creation needs to to learn from itself and um, he created a spiritual creation and uh, um, actually I should probably add part of this that was in the um, the angels podcast you have the two-thirds of angels are good and one-third are bad and if you notice a lot of humankind um, doesn't make it very long they don't get to to live very long in in years passed in history there were many children died before they got to grow up and, and you have so many um, pregnancies that end in miscarriage it's actually kind of a high number some estimates are a fourth um, or a third of all first pregnancies so you have uh, so many people who didn't get to learn about evil in this world so what happens to them well the angels that were the angels that were bad um, they get fused because everyone has their own angel, and um, we find verses um, that indicate that and say that in the Bible. Everyone has their own angel, so these repented angels they learn um, the creation learns from itself. So the repented angel angels that the end of the creation uh, go with those who didn't live long enough to learn evil so they learn from each other and then the ones who learn evil get a good angel and then everybody has a good angel because the, the bad angels repent so th- that's important to also add in this podcast so it's this, this great cycle that learns from each other is this great spiritual creation and because God uh, set this all in motion before history before time before all the rules were in place and also because God split himself up in and um, was becoming one now God will be complete God will be all in all the true God is the all-in-all God the true God is the right side of God therefore um, with the addition of time and purpose we, we see how God can be truly good and still create evil and we see how the true God is good and you see that an all-knowing God would have to create evil in some way because you can't have good without having some knowledge of evil so this is a time of sacrifice to have a knowledge of evil and, and we're not even finished yet we're still on the potter's wheel, we're, we are still being created it's a spiritual creation so he's actually not done yet his full full creation will not be evil there won't be evil in that it'll be paradise because if you were born into paradise and you knew nothing else how could you even be happy you wouldn't even know what you have so that's why an all-knowing God would would create evil, and an all all good God would would have to be involved in this somehow because it's necessary, necessary sacrifice. An all-powerful God, well, God solves this in a way by kind of the left and right sides of God, and then God becoming all in all, and. So you have an all-powerful God that knew that evil needed to exist at some point in time in some way for um, for good to exist because there are opposite qualities that need each other. You need some knowledge of that. So you have this all-powerful God and a good God who would want us to be truly happy in paradise. We know that we would need to, to learn about evil to know good and an all-knowing God would know this. So that explains this time and why this time has been allowed and we're still on the potter's wheel we're still being created we're not done yet the loaf hasn't come out of the oven with the three measures of meal that we talked about and when it does it will be glorious so there you have it there is the becoming one church's answer to the problem of evil and if you want the in-depth um, version of it. You can go to becomingone.org and you can look at some of the materials online and read how, um, read where scripture was incorporated and, and how these ideas can be traced back to scripture. And there you have it, the problem of evil tied back to the plan for creation from a loving God.